But, uh, but I just wanted to share with you a few testimonies because, I mean, we are a testimony church, okay? A testimony-less church is a powerless church. You know, what are we doing this for, you know, if there's no testimonies? I don't care about the dude in the pulpit. Wonderful. He could be lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'd be surprised how people fabricate stories to keep you on the hook. Okay, so, uh, so I just wanted to share a couple of testimonies. One girl, she wasn't able to make it. I'll just share part of hers to be a blessing to you. And I just want to share, want these individuals to share these things with you. And so you can see how far God will go just to encourage you in different areas. And we'll do that. So say amen, church. Amen. Say amen again. <laughs> That's how they do it in the Baptist church where I came from. Come on, Terry. Good morning. Um, my testimony starts off with, um, it was just a thought. Um, in March, um, one of my friends um, from back home she sent me an invitation back in April for a baby shower, which was going to be in March. And I thought, like, mm, I would, that would be nice. I would like to go. You know, but right now I'm not working. So I know, I put that aside. Well, I know I can't make it. And then I know my sister's birthday is coming up was also in March. Um, I thought, like, you know, it would be nice to go see her, um, go visit her for her birthday. So on March 12th, um, I get a letter um, from my next door neighbor. I have property in California and I get a letter from my neighbor and she's saying that somebody had broke into your house. Um, they're squatting in your house. They live in your house. So, um, I had to make arrangements to go back home, um, to take care of that. So when I got, um, down there, we left, got the letter on the 12th and I made arrangements. I got there on March the 15th. So on March the 15th, I went, um, I contacted a, a contractor beforehand, and uh, he met me at the property. So we went in the house. She wasn't there in the house, but we knew who it was because it was a next-door neighbor um, daughter. I used to watch her when she was younger. So her mother had passed away, and when her mother passed away, she got the house, but she lost the house. So when she lost her house, she moved into my house next door. So um, we took care of that, got that situated. And then after... Um, when I, when I called her, I said, you know, come. So she came to the property. I was, like, first upset. I was, like, you know, when I see her, I'm going to, like, tell her, like, woo, 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 what are you doing in my house? What are you doing? Why are you stealing from me? You know, I took care of you. But, you know, when I saw her, it was compassion. I just, you know, I allowed her to speak to me. I allowed her to vent, you know, say what she had to say. So... We um, took care of the house. Our first initial thing for, to go, for me to go to California was for me to go to California, get a roof put on the, on the house because my husband, I've been telling my husband all this time to sell the house as is. But he always wanted to keep the property, kind of build it up more and to make more money. So our initial thing was to go down there and clean the house out and put a roof on the house. So the contractor came. And he's saying that, no, it's going to cost way too much money, so it's best for us to sell the house. So when um, his wife, he's a contractor, his wife is a um, realtor, so she had the paperwork set up. We got the house cleaned out. Um, my husband put in for a little bit. He put in, and this is not the true quality amount, but I'm going to give you a reference. So my husband, he put in a little bit. He put in a bid as $100,000. So I said, a hundred thousand. So I'm going to make it a hundred and eighty. So uh, I said a hundred and eighty. So one of my friends, 
um, her brother passed away also, and I went over her house, you know, to talk with her and comfort her. So I went over her house, so I was talking, telling her about the house and everything. So I was saying, you know, I'm about to sell the house, and I'm going to sell it for um, 200000 I'm like, 200000 I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Because I said 180, but the Lord said, no, say 200. So we go through the process, because um, I'm thinking, you know, 100, I know 100000 was too low, so I'm thinking, no, they're going to start, you know, making the price go down. So um, getting calls about the property, because also the property is in very, very bad condition. I mean, it's just very bad condition. So I'm thinking um, it's gonna start, prices are going to start going down. So I called her. She said, oh, we're getting um, biz already. said um, people are really calling about the house, and we got one for 2500 I'm like, oh, wow, it's going up. So after it's all done, we end up selling the house for $227,000. So what God told me, say 200000 we end up doing double plus what the initial thought was. Because I said 180 but God said no, bump it up. So also all that. Um, not only was I able to take care of the business of the house, I was able to go to my sister's um, prize party. I was able to go to the baby shower. I was able to go see my other friends. I had like five birthdays that month. I was able to go to all of them. I was able to see people I have not seen in a long time. So God said, you do it seemingly abundantly. All that you dare to ask or think, because all that started with just a thought that I would like to go. So our God is great and awesome. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Terry. Dino, I'll have you go next. And because I said that they would give their testimonies and then I would then give a commentary at it. And there's a couple of things to know here. And that is God is always trying to squeeze as much out of the thing as possible. There's a story in the Old Testament. The prophet came to the king, I believe. And he said, strike the ground. And the guy struck the ground three times. Boom, boom, boom. And the prophet got mad at him. He said, you did the minimum. He said, and I'm mad at you. He said, you should have struck the ground like triple that amount of time. He said, because you only did it three times, he said, your victory will only be three times. Have you done it more, you would have had more victories. See, God is into stretching. It's always the maximum. And that's why it's important, you know, when it comes to financial deals, not always, sometimes you'll have an amount on the inside. It won't be a thus say of the Lord, you know. Charge them $225.19. Give them a coupon on the side, too. It won't be none of that type of stuff. It's just, now, sometimes he will speak to you like that, but you'll get this, like, block letters, or you, you'll you say something, like she said, before you even thought about it. Um, I, I listened to another pastor, and the Lord, I, I can't tell you how many stories I have heard of people, they would go buy a car, or they go buy a house, and the Lord would tell them, offer this amount. And they would not offer that amount because they thought it would be disrespectful and they got scared. So they end up paying more for something and then they end up finding out that the person would, let, would have let it go for even less than the amount God told them. Okay, I told you about our other location, our Sunday location. You know, some of you heard this, some of you haven't. There was another gentleman. They wanted to share the building that we were using and they wanted to uh, use our children's church that we leased, that side. And so um, he, he approached me about it and I said, oh yeah, absolutely. I said, I'll... Uh, I said, I'll give you a definite answer tomorrow. 
and um, and uh, I, the figures could be off. But when I thought about it, prayed about it, the Lord said, charge him $50. Now, mind you, this suite costs like $2,300 a month just for the children's church. That's how much it costs just for me to rent and lease the children's church side for the Sunday location. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting me, but they're really not. Cause the, y'all, and when I tell y'all the Lord provides, how many of you know that's crazy? Okay. And so we went over six months. We opened up this church and, and, and after six months, the Lord then tells me to go over that into that financial scenario. That's just for the children's church side. We lease. Okay. So, you know, somebody else would be like, man, you paying half, you know what I'm saying? I'm paying 2,300. You getting ready to pay half of that. So, but the Lord didn't say that. He said, charge him $50. That doesn't move me. Because I know that's a blessing for me. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. So before I had a chance to tell the man, when I called him back, he said, so, uh, he said, so um, are you okay with $100 um, a week? And so now, this is where your personal integrity kicks in. This ain't the time, all oh, the wealth of the sinner, stop. It's a preacher, he ain't a sinner, Okay. Whether the sinner is laid up for the just, the Lord, double time, you know, all the stuff we like to say and all like that. No, the Lord told you 50. So it would not have mattered if the man offered me 2,000. I would have told the man, wrong, 50. So I told him. He said, $100. And I said, I said, that's fine. I said, but the Lord told me to charge you 50. Guess what came out of his mouth? He said, sir, I apologize. He said, I wanted to offer 50. But I thought that you would be mad and you would look at me as being disrespectful. See, so 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 he knew he was supposed to ask, but he got scared. And, but 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 the Lord helped his fear out by speaking to me because he knows my financial integrity. And that is if the Lord gives me amount, it doesn't matter if the Lord told me to charge you a dollar and you offer me a million. I'm going to charge you a dollar because I know that if I obey God with a dollar, he might bless me with 10 million. But if you have a love for money. You can't do that. Okay. So this is very, very, very important. The other thing that I want you to realize about her testimony is be careful when a negative event happens in your life. Because sometimes your manifestation will be triggered by a negative event or a negative scenario. Okay. And with the Lord, it's about timing. The timing of her uh, that man, that that man, that person moving into that house, and then the timing of everything, and and then how she was then able to do all of the things that she wanted to do. See, this is what I mean by it. the Lord is not just interested in one thing. When 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 you ask God for a thing, He'll try to cover as many other things as He can with that one thing. That's why you have to wait on the timing of the Lord. Also, when you are exercising faith for a thing, how many know? It is obvious with this series that I have preached, God is interested in our financial fortune. Would you agree? But guess what he is more interested in? Your personal character. So when you ask God for a financial thing, he will also send you through a scenario by where your character will be developed. That's why the Bible says with Abraham, through faith and patience, he inherited everything. God is more interested in your patience muscle being developed not your bank account being developed. And so sometimes you'll ask God for a thing. He could have done it yesterday before you asked, but he might wait a month or two. 
to see how long you can hang on and keep your. I, I talked to talked to a person yesterday. Okay, married person, uh, lost their job, exercising faith for a job. Okay, kept getting job opportunities that were out of the state, but they felt like they weren't supposed to do that. But drove out of state to one state, and and they were told no. I ain't trying to drive out of state for an interview. And, and you tell me no. I drove five hours for you to tell me no. And then he did it again. Drove to another state. They told him no. You already don't want to be out of state. Why are you driving? I mean, you know, we can do some crazy stuff sometimes. Okay? So during this process, the person is very transparent. During this process, the person told me yesterday, man, during this process, you know, I'm looking at my finances drying up. I was doing good for a second. You know, it's funny. They haven't dried up to the last penny, but we get mad with just when it starts dropping down. He said, during this process, he said, I was getting mad at everybody. I was mad at my wife. I was mad at you. I was mad at the church. My God, I didn't go tell you to do nothing. Like I, He asked me to play the role, and I gave him the wrong numbers. You know, why are you mad at me? That's how I mean, that's the craziness we go through when we are not right. He said, man, I was mad at the world. I was mad at everybody at the church. Boom, 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 boom. And he said, in the midst of all of that, he said, the Lord blessed me with a job. He said, making the amount of money that I want to make. It's a huge promotion. He said, it's the exact hours that I want to work. And it's right down the street. So I said, now, this is a lesson for everybody to help you understand. It should be obvious to us all that God still blesses our mess sometimes. Let me rephrase that. Because some people think that's a license to live in sin. Yeah, you got to be careful what you say nowadays, especially with millennials. Oh, really? I mean, I can keep on doing Yeah, no. And so, uh, so, but it should be obvious that how many know that God blessed you when you were sinning? Because the Bible says the goodness of God is what caused you to repent. How many God blessed you when you thought, oh, not thought, when you were afraid, when you were complaining? When you were worrying, when you were acting a fool, when you were mad at God, okay, I'm not never coming to the church again. Uh, some, uh, we used to have this guy at our other church, whenever he, uh, uh, he'd get mad at God, he'd go to his, one of his uh, small group leaders and hand in the Bible. Here, I'm done. <laughs> Crack me up. <laughs> okay. We've done that. But yet the Lord still came through. So it should be obvious to you that God can't change his personality because he's good. But what he will do is, is that when you are exercising faith for a thing, this is what I told him yesterday, like a job making the money that you're going to make now, what he'll do is he'll stretch it out a little bit so that your attitude will get funky. And then once it gets funky enough, then he'll bless you to show you where you are with your attitude. Because God is what? Good. So he can't do any bad. But what he will do is he will wait on his goodness and watch you act a fool. And then he'll bless you. You know, how many of you know? It ain't nothing worse. Any ever got in an argument with somebody or you was getting ready to set it off. And then they said something and you, you felt bad. You felt bad like, oh, man, I was getting ready to cuss them out. And they just gave me $100. I got to wait on this opportunity another six months now. Jesus, man, I'm just being facetious, you know. But y'all know we done done that. <laughs> so. But that's, but that's the thing is to help you understand. So if God is that good, when you're worrying, complaining, afraid, world closing in, you mad, you left church, everybody, I'm mad at Pastor Arthur, I ain't done nothing. Y'all be surprised. People get mad at me for everything. I get blamed for everything, unfortunately. They just be killing me, dude. I just ignore it now. I don't even care. You know, 
Fine. If you're leaving the church, gone. You know, 90% of the people come back anyway. Bye. We'll see you on the other side. I mean, because you can't let that stuff get to you. If you let that stuff get to you, you'll be sitting up in the casket. Because people are crazy. And I know that because I'm crazy. And you're crazy. It's one thing. I got to deal with my own craziness. And I got to deal with everybody else's craziness too. Answering the phone and people asking me, you know, is it the right temperature to take the goldfish outside? And, and, and do people be asking me crazy stuff. Y'all think I'm lying. Okay, so that's a lesson that, that, that God will let you sweat. God is interested in your personal growth and your personal riches. But he knows that your attitude is stank. He knows that when you're making the money that you make and, that, and when you're driving what you want to drive and things seem to be on the up and up, your stank attitude goes into a dormant mode. It lies dormant. And so he will agitate things and arrange things in a particular way where what is dormant will then come back to life. And not only not only not only will it come back to life, it'll start going from glory to glory, you know, and increasing more and more, getting brighter and brighter every day. And then right when you get ready to leave God and turn to the dark side, he didn't bless you with it. Bam. And then you feel stank. He's like, see. He does that so you can show yourself because God already knew you were going to act crazy, but you didn't know you were going to act crazy. And like I always say, when you know about yourself, what God knows about you, you can be trusted with greatness. All right, come on, Dino. Well, we even a testimony service is preaching up in this piece. Come on. Before I start a testimony, I got to tell two things to set it up. I once heard a wise man say the law of recognition. He said, it's something you are not seeing and it's costing you. So remember that. The uh, second thing is years ago, I got exposed to uh, Rob's Report magazine. And um, for those that don't know, it's a magazine that has like luxury items and so on and so forth. Okay. So um, years ago, my anniversary is the 20th of December. You have Christmas on the 25th and my wife's birthday on the 29th. So nine days, I get to knock them all out. At that point in my life, I was in a startup business, not a lot of income coming in, so on and so forth. I was sitting on the couch, praying in the Holy Spirit, and I saw myself go over to my uh, entertainment system center and do this at the top of it. I couldn't see up there. I normally would keep like razor blades up there to cut stuff when I needed it. So I just did what I saw. And this watch fell from the top to the floor. And I was thinking like, how did this watch get here? You know, I love watches. And I would have known it was there if I put it there. So when I picked the watch up, I saw the name on it and it was a Patek Philip watch. And um, it was from, like, 1950, after I did the research on it. Like, where this watch came from to this day, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. Creative miracle. So, um, anyway, the watch was seized up. It wasn't working. But I knew it was valuable because I recognized it from the uh, magazine, the, uh, the brand. So, um, a business partner of mine was uh, working, I think, at Directions Jeweler. If you're from Detroit, you might have heard of it. And um, she said, you need to get in touch with a watchmaker. I'm going to get you hooked up with Remy. I called Remy. He told me to come in on Thursday. 
It was Tuesday. You know, I was anxious. So on Wednesday, I went to the mall. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. I went to the mall. I was like, I got to see. Because I did my research on the internet. Internet said this thing is worth $4,200 working. And um, took it to this particular store. Gentleman was nasty towards me. Um, you know, I, was, I had a slacks, long coat, all that stuff on. You know, real nasty towards me. So he's opening the watch up to make sure it's legit. And when he found out it's legit, his attitude changed. And he was like, uh, I'll give you $80 for it. I said, sir, your book here says it's worth $4,200 working condition. It's not working. Come on, man. So he put everything back together. You know, I left out. Thursday came, went to directions. They have to buzz you in. You can't just go up in there looking crazy. They have to let you in. So um, Remy came out, gave Remy the watch. And, you know, I'm walking around the store looking at Rolexes and all that stuff like that. And after about 10 minutes, Remy comes back with a business check. And he says to me, how much you want for it? I heard the Holy Spirit say $1,500. I punked out and asked for $1,000. And he wrote that check so fast, you'd think the pen was on fire. Because, <laughs> you know, he's going to flip it and make probably three, four grand on that watch. But the point of it is, you know, even in the midst of your situation, God can create something. Because to this day, like, I didn't tell my wife for years about that watch because I thought it was something from her family members. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, babe, you remember that time? Well, actually, it was a watch. She said, I don't know where it came from. So it had to be a creative miracle to this day. Because, like, I like watches. I like high-end watches. So I would have known what it was, and I wouldn't have put it up there in the first place. So I don't know where it came from. It was a creative miracle. That's no other way to explain it. So let me help help you understand what we mean by a creative miracle, and that is when you need something done, and and God will create something in the planet that didn't exist until that moment for you to get what you need done. See, let me say something. One of the things that you all must realize is this: How many of you know that that the recreation of the earth happened in six days? Let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. And it said all of those things came forth. It says God said, let there be, you know, the fish in the sea. And it says that they came forth. You know, it says let there be animals. And it said that they came forth. It says let there be trees. And it came forth. Well, people actually believe that God stopped doing that stuff. He did not. So what he did was is that he did his part and then rested on the seventh day. And he said, now, son, you continue what I started. And so when you begin to uh, get over into uh, the true realm of faith, um, it will it will create things that did not exist at that moment. And it will turn things into things, you know, and so, for, you know, and so it's, it's real important for you all to understand that that he doesn't know where that watch came from. His wife doesn't know where the watch came from. And particularly. A watch like it'd be different if it was a Timex. You know what I'm saying? Walmart watches. I'm not saying it's really wrong. You got on a Timex. You know, I don't know what I got on right now. Okay, but 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 you know, what, like when he said the name, how many of you, when he said the name of the watch, had no idea who he was talking about? See, look at that. Why would that be in his house? On that shelf, 
where he knows what's up there. He knows he doesn't have that watch. See, the Lord will, and see, the, the Lord does things in a particular way to teach you lessons. The lesson in that was, number one, I can create anything. Number two, when I tell you an amount, don't be scared. Thank God he walked away from the $80. And that's the other thing, quit selling yourself cheap because you're impatient. See, I know some of us in here right now, because, see, this is the other thing. Most people would have not even looked up what the watch was. Most people wouldn't have even taken it to the pawn shop. They just would have, can you imagine you sitting up here with something, $4,000 $4, worth of jewelry on your arm, you don't even know it. You know, <laughs> you go in the restaurant and you signing something and the person like, oh, man, I might have to gank them when they get back to the car. You have to look up stuff. God does something. I don't really like this term, but it's true. He, God does something called the dangle of the carrot. And he'll dangle something in front of you for the purpose of investigation. And as you investigate, then he will reveal. You see that with Moses. How many know it's real weird to be in the middle of the desert and you look over and it's a bush burning. Now, let me ask you a question. Don't y'all think that if 3 million people are in slavery for 400 years, that you need to come up with a better act than this? I'm just keeping it real. Y'all can be religious if you want to. If 3 million people are in bondage and been praying to be free for 400 years, don't y'all think God should have gave Moses a vision? Don't you think he should have caught him up to heaven? Don't you think 20,000 angels should have came down with swords and say, son, it is time to go to war in the name of the Lord of hosts. No, he set a bush on fire and didn't even say nothing. When you go back and read that, it says Moses was looking at the bush. Go back and read it. It says he was looking at the bush. And it says that as a result of this amazing scenario, it says he then turned to go investigate this thing. And it says as he turned to investigate, when the Lord saw him turn, then he said, take off your shoes. I got a huge assignment for you. One of the biggest in the history of the planet. Okay. So, so God will not always just give you all of the instructions up front. He'll dangle a carrot. You know why? Because we already don't spend enough time with him. So he's tried to get anything. And God loves that process. God is a great, let me say something. Um, you know how we like to play games? And I, I'm talking about mind games. How we like to play puzzle games and, and hide and seek and all those different type of games from children to adults, from, uh, you know, Monopoly. All of these games that we, that we like to play. Puzzle games, all those things. Well, people don't understand where that concept came from, and that is God likes to play games. His is different. With him, he loves to dangle something in front of you and then watch the process of how you figure it out. You know, because it, and it's, and it, and it's, it's a game, but it's also a form of development, and it's also a form of development when it comes to following the Spirit of God. Because what's amazing about that is, notice he said, he said, I saw myself doing this. That's very important. You'll see it on the inside, and there'll be a glimpse. I remember, uh, this is just one of the who knows how many things. When you lose an item and you can't find it, um, and you know how you lose something in the house and you just can't find it, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where in the world is this item that I cannot find? And I remember the last time that this happened, you know, I just could not find my phone. I could not find my phone. I searched. I could not find my phone. I mean, you know, when you can't find your phone, it's the end of the world. I mean, third eye beast from the Matrix is on the scene. We got to answer. You know, special news bulletin, one out of 12, all of that. 
Because in case you miss a text from the, you know, whatever. And so, and so I was just like, I cannot find this phone. And I was just sitting there. And then on the inside here, all I saw was the orange tile that currently was sitting on the ledge of my shower. I just saw that just like this. Poof. Orange tile. Boom. He did not show me the phone. See, see, he dangled the carrot. Okay, I showed you something, just like him. He did not show him the watch. He showed him, the Holy Spirit showed him himself going up there and doing that. So you got to act on that, and then you find out what they were having you. Man, this is so good. So the Lord showed me the towel because they want you to investigate, just the way, same way that Moses had to investigate the burning bush. I had to investigate why you showed me an orange towel. So I walked in the shower and lifted up the towel, and there was my phone. So it's amazing. This is what I mean by it's not the prosperity and it's not just the thing. It's the Lord teaching you. The Lord is always going to teach you how to navigate. He's always going to teach you how to navigate because guess what? The navigation does not stop when your business blows up, when you get a million dollars, when you get that responsibility, when you get that desirement, you're still going to have to know how to navigate. So when it comes to these things, you got to learn how to follow those cues. You know, but it, now let me tell you what's dangerous. There's a term you never heard me mention before, but there's something called soul clutter. Soul clutter is when you've been listening to too much junk and looking at too much trash and it clutters up your being. And when the Holy Spirit shows you something, you can't see it because it's in there with a whole bunch of other clutter. So that's why the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world. So if you, if you, if you, if, if all you hanging out is with the sinner, you talk like them, you live like them, you support them, you rolling with them, you watch them on TV. Look, like old Udipo says, you never watch anything you would never want in your life. If you don't want relationship drama, why do you think it's okay to watch relationship drama? I mean, it's just crazy. And I'm not saying it's a sin to watch that. What I'm saying is there are some things that are sins and there are other things that the Bible says are what? Weights. Soul clutter is weight. Soul clutter is you keep filling your ears and your eyes and your around circumstances that fill you full of darkness. So when I show you a bit of light, you can't see it. Some of y'all remember that, remember that scenario I did Wednesday night? No, I'm not going to do that. I ain't got time to do all of that. All right. All right. So we're going to do one more, and I'm going to share this one more. Jonathan, you can get ready to come up. Um. And, uh, and so I'm going to share just this one small part because the young lady was not able to make it. I can't share her other stuff. She got to share that because that stuff is just so extreme. I can't even deal with that. She shared that with me sitting right here, and I couldn't even believe it. It was so extreme. So this part I'm sharing is just the simple part. And so this young lady, um, y'all know Kina. She had a bright red Mercedes-Benz SUV. So, but her, her car ended up getting repossessed. Okay, Mercedes-Benz dealership took it back. And so I think it was three months that this happened. So during that period of time, she was catching Uber. And, and so, but during this period of time that she didn't have the vehicle, the Lord was blessing her with a new business. I can't share how all of that came about because how she got hooked up with the city and the mayor and uh, all of that. Some of y'all went to her, I'm so few of y'all went to her business opening. And so that's insane. So during this process, the Lord is had her go into an arena she didn't even want to go into with this business. And, uh, and so during this process, she ended up also getting, you know, uh, um, a, a check. You know, and with that check, she was like, well, you know, you know, I got this check and I can go back out here and I can get me, uh, I'm going to go out here and get a nice used vehicle. 
And um, and so she went through the one ads and she saw the particular dealership. And there was one vehicle she was interested in, but it didn't have a picture. So she drove to the dealership um, and uh, she told the salesman, hey, this is a particular vehicle. He said, oh, let me show it to you. He said, it just arrived. And so when she looked at it, she's like, oh, she said, that's the same type of vehicle that got that got repossessed three months ago. Y'all already know the punchline. <laughs> this way in the Kojic church, they just start shouting right now. Hallelujah! They start. Okay, they already know. So the salesman, he says, oh, really? So he runs the serial number. And it's the same car that got repossessed. But here's the good problem. So the, the car got taken away. And in the meantime, the Lord restored her. She got this check. And so while Mercedes-Benz had the vehicle, they repaired everything, put brand new stuff on it. Brand new tires, brand new brakes, oil change, transmission fluid. How many know when you got a Mercedes? That does not cost $10. You coming out of thousands of dollars over something like that brand new time brand new break brand new fluids made everything was up to code brand new vehicle and shut it on the lot and dropped the price so that her check would allow her to buy her own vehicle back without a car note see i mean no that's insane i told y'all we going someplace y'all think i'm playing yeah, I told y'all. Y'all gonna have to hold Lisa down. Somebody get some seatbelts and hold her in her chair. Hey, see, <laughs> see. So, so now, what's so powerful about this is wisdom and knowledge gets rid of fear. When you begin to understand how God does a thing, and then you understand how far He is willing to go to do a thing then it makes it very, very easy for you to now have peace while you're trusting him for that thing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so I just thought, now, 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 you're going to write this down. Text me if you forget it later. Psalm 139, the entire chapter. The entire chapter is dedicated to the Lord telling you that he watches your every move all day. He said, I see you when you go to sleep. I see you when you go get up. He said, I see you when you're on your down rising, you're upset. He said, I see you when you go to work and I see you when you go on vacation. He said, and then he said, I see your thoughts before you think them. So, so that's just one of many scriptures that talks about now. We, we tend to forget that one of the ways that God sees everything is because he's living on the inside of you. Told us we had to bring that to my attention yesterday. He said, that's one of the reasons you do realize I'm living on. I mean, somebody living on the inside of you, of course they know everything. See, so, so because of how you feel, you think God has forgotten he has left you. When actually, it's just that process. We're working on something. We're working on something. And so, so you got to remember, God, how many know? God saw when the car got repossessed. God saw how she felt when it got repossessed. And God then immediately, oh, man, do you realize how accurate God has to be in order to he's working on several scenarios at the same time and so so much so that she she has the money so that when it gets on the lot nobody else gets to it before she has and everything is reported and, and here, here's the punchline the salesman used to be a pastor 
And he quit, he said, because he kept sleeping with all the ladies in the church. And he said, God threatened him and said, I'll kill you. Do it one more time. I will kill you. And so, so he apparently has a serious sexual problem. So rather than stop, he just stopped pastoring. <laughs> These people crazy out here, ain't they? He just stopped pastoring. So he hadn't been to church in a long time. When he saw that, he told Kena, he said, oh, I'm going to church this Sunday. He said, I know a miracle when I see one right here. Okay, so, so see how powerful that is? And so, yes, guess what? Sometimes you will lose something, but it feels like you lost. Okay? And so even what we call mistakes is not really a mistake. It's really you found out what you shouldn't do. Okay? So you have to be very, very careful. God is always working on something. God is good. His nature does not change. He said, if I gave you Jesus, how much more will I not with him freely give you all other things? So it's a covenant. But you do have to play your part. Okay, you have to play your part. See, the people that are, see, the people in the church, you know, I have a, you know, I have a higher holiness level in the church than the average church. So the people that are experiencing this, it's folk that's living right. They pray, they at church, you know, they, they give, they do all those different type of things. I'm not saying they don't make mistakes, stuff like, we all make mistakes. But these are people that are practicing their Christianity and they sold out. Okay, not buying into it for, you know, like a multi-level marketing program. I'm going to just come in at this level. Okay, just one more second, Jonathan. He just sitting here patiently. I guess he had a prophetic moment. He's sitting here like he had to park and everything. Was, you want a donut, brother? You want a donut? This. One of the things that I told my friends, we were having a serious conversation. This is very important. I don't want to get too far into it because it's happening this weekend. Because he was saying, man, it's a huge problem right now. I said, mm-hmm. And, and it's a huge problem. And, and he said, because he was listening to the Rich series. And we were just sharpening each other as we talked. He was listening to the Reach series. And he said, dude, he said, the stuff that you shared, he said, is stuff I've been holding for all these years. He said, I couldn't find nobody to say that. And he said, it's been bothering me. He said, because all of these guys are talking this stuff, all of these guys talking this stuff. He said, and all we do is talk about ties offerings, ties offerings. He said, but ain't no manifestation nowhere. And I was like, he said, dude, you, he, the, he ain't even got through half of the stuff. And I told him something. And it was, at the moment, it was by the Spirit, but, but, but I told him, I said, here's the problem. God only confirms the word. Nothing else. And, and, and most preachers are scared to teach the word. They'll tell you they teach in the word, but it's not really the word. Because the, 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 full, it's the, the, full, the Bible is written to God's level, not yours. So if you water it down in any area, he will not confirm that because that's your word, not his. He confirms his word. So when it comes to prosperity, they never did teach God's standard. They teach their comfortable level. So when Leroy Thompson said that they got a $250,000 movie theater inside his house, other preachers are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you would do something like that. But see, here's the question. You got a problem with it, but does God have a problem with it? The man sitting on his porch, somebody drove past a stranger and just threw $10,000 in a bag on his front yard. You, you know why he walking in that and the other preachers not? Because he didn't back off when all of the religious people started attacking him. It's very dangerous for you to think that God thinks like you think. It's very dangerous to think that what you have a problem with, God has a problem with. It's very dangerous to think that because your cap is a million, God is agreeing with you. 
Y'all understand what I'm saying? As I was telling them, I said, because in this video next week, you're going to see this about paying full price. And I said, right now, I said, the gospel is on sale. They're selling it at a discount. You know why? Because when you discount a thing, you can get more people to come in in the beginning. So what we're going to do is, you know, this is God's standard of wealth, but we're not going to preach that. We're going to discount it. Okay, you got all of these new churches out here, you know, and, and the group that get, keep trying to join me. I'm just saying this probably. They keep trying to get me to join this guy. I'm not going to say his name. He's probably a wonderful guy. Keep trying to join me, this network of churches now, uh, because the guy got some 30,000, 40,000-member church. Okay, wonderful. Why would I, my pastor is growing at thirty to 40,000 a month. Why would I leave that to join something that took 30 years to get to that level? Did that make any sense to y'all? And so what they teach is, well, you know, in order to grow churches in America now, you got to keep your sermons to 20 minutes. This is what they teach. You cannot teach on prosperity. You got to make sure you have a cafe. You got to make sure that you do not pray in tongues. You cannot do that. You cannot operate in the prophetic. All of that healing stuff and laying on hands, you got to get rid of all of that in order. And guess what? And because their churches grow, people are buying into this foolishness, not realizing that when you put it on sale in the beginning, a whole bunch of people join up because it's on sale. When you pay for a price, ah, God brings the numbers on the back end. So the question is, do you want it on the front end and it drains off or do you want it on the back end and this sucker keep rolling like a roller coaster, like an avalanche? You understand what I'm saying? And so right now, that's the problem is that, you know, and I told this uh, pastor friend of mine, told him, I told him this. And he was like, man, that is so good. Now, the stuff was coming to me at the moment. I said, if God has a choice to water down the gospel to save more people. Versus tell the truth and lose some people. He's going to tell the truth and let it be lost. God does not change. So this new wave now of, of well, you know, we, can, we don't need to pray in tongues in the service. And we need to get rid of the gifts of the spirit. And we need to have order in the service. Make sure you only preach for 20 minutes. Make sure you got the rock and roll show. How many know? I'm going to put on the greatest rock and roll show they've ever seen. But to say that that is the cake and not the icing, you are sadly mistaken. So they were laughing at me at first because I was paying full price. And when you pay full price, nobody wants to pay full price. So they don't join your church when you pay full price because it's too expensive. See, when, when, when you put it on sale, you can just kind of come into church and do whatever you want to do. When you pay full price, folk are forced to face their heavenly father. There are people that don't join this church for that one reason, because this church makes you face your heavenly father. It makes you worship him or get out. They're not used to a church like that. They're not used to a church that pays for a price. And because I paid for a price, that's why I can take the offering out, because I paid for a price. When you discount it, you got to come up with gimmicks to try to get people money. Anything you put on sale and discount will bring in more numbers. Y'all understand what I'm getting? I done went into preach mode. So, 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 so that rich series that I'm teaching is me saying, this is how much it costs. This is the standard. And with God, there's one standard about riches. There is no limit. 
because you have a $10 million house and somebody think you should sell it and give it to the poor does not mean that God agrees with them. If that was the case, God would have rebuked Solomon. How many know? It was a bunch of poor people in Solomon's day. Solomon is building furniture, furniture out of ivory and then overlaying it with gold. That's still crazy to me. Nobody can see the furniture underneath, dude. Use some cheap wood and say that paper and buy something else. <laughs> nope. He said, no. He, him, Solomon, Abraham, David, they recognize. You fools think God got a limit. I mean, we were talking about that how, I mean, I'm going to say it again. You're the last one, Jonathan. We saved the best for last. Can you imagine if this was on video? People are like, what is that man doing just sitting on the stage? Is that some type of new moving artist, something that they got going on? Hey? But, but, but when I, when my friend and I were talking yesterday, he's a pastor, and, and we were talking about the standard of wealth that the Bible says that, again, I'm going to say this, the Bible says that the inheritance that God has for you on the other side no price tag can be put on it. Now, you, you know, I read this. It's right in the Bible. And because no price tag can be put on it, you cannot calculate how much it costs. He said, the only thing that we can do is give you the Holy Ghost as a down payment. That's what the Bible says. It says that the Holy Ghost is the earnest money for your inheritance. Go back and read it. How many y'all know what earnest money is? How I many know earnest money is not the full cost? It's a small cost. It represents the larger cost, but it's a small cost. The Holy Ghost is the earnest for your inheritance. Now, my question is, if the Holy Ghost is the down payment and I, is there anybody in here that can put a price tag on the Holy Ghost? You can't put a price tag on the down payment. But we know how to, you can't put a price tag on the down payment. But yet God has got a problem now because you got some expensive car and we got too much. See, see that, that, that doesn't make sense that a God that opulent and that crazy and that extreme would say what that blows my mind. What in the world is waiting on us on the other side when the Holy Ghost is the. And for some reason, though, these idiots out here in these pulpits said, well, you know, that's on the other side. But the Bible says God changes not. All his promises are yes and what? Amen means so be it. It's not a religious term that was created in the church. It literally means that what was said, let it be so. They said in the old Ten Commandments, how many I remember this? So let it be written, so let it be done. Y'all remember the old Moses? <laughs> Young people don't know nothing about that. Okay, so I'm not playing. Okay, so y'all thought the last six years was something. That was just restoration. It's the reason it was six too. So, so now, y'all better be here next weekend. Come on, Jonathan, party.